a pleasant uh, morning. Uh, I want to thank uh, Joseph Chazino for giving me the opportunity to actually participate in this uh, episode on uh, African spirituality. Uh, you would note that uh, in all discussions, spirituality and religion uh, usually start the game of uh, discussing various societies. Of course, there are other societies that uh, put emphasis on uh, philosophy and society. But uh, for African spirituality, critical issues that separate uh, Africa, uh, you know, the descendants of uh, the mythical figure of Ophir, and also as uh, described by various, uh, you know, uh, theories of how Africans separated uh, into West, Southern, North, and, and um, East Africa become, you know, issues that are so much connected to African spirituality. One theory or thesis that I must uh, uh, begin with uh, relates to the concept of God in African spirituality. African spirituality does not have a single concept of God, but rather recognizes multiple deities or spirits that inhabit the natural world. And this differs from you know, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, and all other you know, religions which will believe in a single uh, all-powerful God. Uh, of course, uh, you would note that um, connected to this concept of God is actually the theory of the great separation, where the gombwe or the angels that are in harmony with uh, certain indwelt persons or homwe uh, or botezi that would uh, come, uh, you know, second uh, in ranking to um, God or uh, the, supreme, uh, the supreme being, Musikavan, the creator of human beings. Uh, this uh, Gombwe, you know, then led people from, uh, you know, the heart of Africa uh, to various areas under the great separation a theory called Barazano. And uh, the Barazano theory is used to also explain that uh, people then moved just like how, you know, the people recorded in the um, Bible actually moved from Babel when they attempted to build a tower that reached uh, to heaven. So this is a very great important uh, theory uh, that also yeah, shows that when people moved, they were guided by the Botezi or the angels uh, that include uh, the Gombwe, who uh, is actually the great spirit uh, that is tasked by Musikavanu or God to actually, you know, apportion land to various peoples. And these lands are controlled by various spirit mediums or Mondoro. Uh, including Zemasango or forest mediums, Zemakomo mountain mediums, Zemvura water mediums, and various other aspects. So the Gombwe is not uh, a territorial spirit, while Mondoros might be territorial spirit or 
can also work with uh, humans such as uh, chiefs or selected um, in the world persons. Uh, this is different from demon possession where uh, people are considered to be possessed and oppressed, retrogressed um, by a spirit that is not in harmony with uh, the indwelt person. But Africans believe that uh, the spirits that are in harmony with um, the Gombe and Mondoro indwelt persons are actually sent uh, from the Supreme Court. Uh, God or the supreme being. This takes us to another point where the lineages or the founding uh, pillars of each African um, society is uh, linked to the veneration of ancestors and the veneration of ancestors is interpreted by other cultures to be ancestral worship. But African spirituality places a strong emphasis on ancestral veneration where the spirits of uh, the Goko or the founder of the family uh, is actually venerated um, um, even if uh, uh, other deceased family members are also um, remembered. They are also like venerated and uh, this is done through the concept called Hero Bambo concept where you know families respect hierarchies usually through a musukuru or uh, the uh, the uh, the nephew uh, in the family and this nephew can also be assisted by a bambo mukads or teteva kuru or the eldest aunt in the family the aunt is actually also called uh, the tateguru or teteva kuru uh, pointing to the fact that uh, the ancestral um, society or ancestral uh, you know description in african societies was was feminized uh, at some point but then the tetewa kuru or the tateguru later became part of patrilineal and patriarchal uh, you know descriptions uh, in ways that uh, sometimes uh, subjugated uh, women and uh, considered them as chattels. Then, so you see that uh, from the ancestral veneration, uh, you know, the uh, spirits of the deceased family members who are seen as still having a role in the lives of the living, living or their living descendants are critical. This is not present in the monotheistic religion, which place less emphasis on the role of uh, you know ancestors number three is that uh, you know oral tradition is very much critical because mangwane shkwiro or didactic teachings and also advices are used to describe african spirituality as having a strong oral tradition with stories uh, you know, told by sarunganos or storytellers, beliefs or daviro and rituals uh, rooted in Ubuntu or Unu or humanness uh, passed down through generation by word of mouth, especially by the uh, gatekeepers and custodian of uh, Tsikanema Gariro, which are the ways of lives of uh, the African people. 
this differs from the written text of uh, Christianity, Judaism and Islam and other you know um, you know guru texts like uh, Sikhi and stuff like that which rely on so-called sacred texts so uh, african spirituality usually is connected to sacred places like mountains like uh, uh, elders caves ninga or mapakwawa kuru uh, you know pools of uh, mediums or what we call guvire shumba uh, and also mountains where you know lions that uh, lions are seen to represent or to be indwelt by you know mondoro uh, spirits and if lions are seen it represents that uh, the mondoro is looking for a human being to actually uh, you know come and uh, you know be in harmony with and then uh, you know uh, dictate what has to be done uh, instruct uh, on uh, sacred aspects to be respected by a particular community and this shows that um, you know, if we are to go to the fourth point, you see that African spirituality actually venerates or has a strong connection, uh, you know, with uh, nature and the environment. So African spirituality places great emphasis on the natural world and the environment and recognizes the interdependence between humans, animals and the earth. You see that a lot of uh, Africans have totems, uh, you know, representing different animals and some of them also like different parts of animals and humans like the heart and stuff like that. So this differs from Christianity, Judaism and Islam, which often focus more on human relationships and interactions. So you see that um, sometimes, uh, you know, even proverbs will say, Pasirino Jigao, the earth eats, Pase Apaguti, the earth does not uh, you know get full is always hungry describing how people are dying so there is a lot of uh, you know attachment to the nature and the environment and even the environmental governance of uh, you know Africans is very much uh, important when it comes to showing how African spirituality is also like connected to nature and the environment and so this takes me to the fifth point that uh, spirituality is uh, something that punctuates the daily life of an African. So African spirituality uh, views spirituality as an integral part of daily life and sees no separation between the sacred and the secular. You see that a lot of people believe in a lot of things like uh, uh, fetishism, ma, 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 zango, nemaduma. If someone is going somewhere and they meet a baboon or they meet uh, a tortoise or some other strange animals, they can easily go back home believing that this is a sign that maybe where they are going, you know, they are going to meet a calamity or if they see whirlpools, they believe that it could be the water spirit uh, that is warning them about something or there's someone who has taken, you know, prohibited uh, paraphernalia to the wells or secret wells such as Jitubu or Matsime. So this is again different from other religions which often view religion as a separate uh, aspect uh, from uh, everyday life. So you see that Africans are so much 
you know bend on using their spirituality through rituals and uh, you know ceremonies so african spirituality is marked by elaborate rituals and ceremonies that involve dance such as ngororombe bakumba muchongowoyo where people can actually fall into a trance and celebrate and there is also music you know like uh, you see people singing you know songs like gwindingwirine shumba in oruma you hear like tora uta rwashendo dakwenda dzinoruma Vashe, vashe, oye, zinorma, nyuchi, zinorma, tora, hauta, wash, doda, kuenda, zinorma. So you see some people also even describing, you know, different calamities and, uh, you know, problems called shangwa through forms of expression. Yeah, so these ceremonies are seen as a way to connect with the spiritual world and one ancestors. And you see people celebrating, putting on those uh, leg hubs, uh, majaka, and also even putting daza, mumsoro, the head dressing, and also actually celebrating a lot of things uh, in ways that are remarkably different from uh, reserved forms of worship in other religions. And uh, you see that in celebrating and also in performing the rituals, gender roles are very much respected. So African spirituality is a more fluid approach, more relaxed approach. It's actually a way of life uh, where gender roles are used and or, or, or appreciated and recognized. You know, so this in turn is used to recognize the importance of both masculine and feminine energies in the spiritual realm. So you will see that Mbonga spirit or those cultic priests or unmarried women would actually be, you know, seen to possess a lot of energy dancing. Women who have reached menopause or wasinga chayendi kumakore could also be seen actually, you know, performing, you know, important roles like uh, rainmaking, uh, preparing, you know, the rapoko or finger millet that would be used to brew the traditional beer uh, for the mkwerera or rainmaking ceremonies. You know, they are the ones that will actually be called to chiefs and stuff like that. So you see that uh, there are a lot of issues that then uh, separate how gender roles are used to uh, you know, describe uh, what you know Africans are going to do. So this differs from patriarchal nature of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, and other religions, where patriarch may end up uh, being interpreted as excluding women in performing certain roles. For instance, you see that even in the concept of the gombwe, you see some women actually are possessed by the gombwe, which believed to be the angel that ranks second to musikavan or the creator, while their husband could be you know, a Mondoro who is actually given the powers by the home. So you see that this actually represents how, you know, the uh, spiritual world can actually manifest itself in the human world through a sort of marriage governance that are also binding. So there's also diversity, which is the eighth point where we see that African spirituality, uh, Mr. Jasino, is diverse and varies greatly depending on the specific culture and religion. So you would see that, uh, you know, 
different communities, different countries who celebrate differently. Uh, you know, you see that in West Africa, some believe that, you know, one's fate or destiny is shaped by their personal chi. For example, in Nigeria, you see that, um, you know, if you have read uh, the book where there is a figure called uh, Okongo in Things for uh, fall apart by Chinua Achebe, you see that uh, you know, Okongo believed that his father had a bad chi because he was always singing and uh, then he could not inherit something meaningful for Okongo and siblings and uh, the father had to die in a in an evil forest. So Okongo throughout his life lived in fear of what his father had Became and also, and beyond to him, fate had to, uh, you know, teach him that even though he was like just thinking that he could, uh, you know, be a military demagogue and then earn a lot of, you know, pieces, uh, uh, pieces of land and then become a hero. He also felt the uh, uh, first the same effect of dying in a in the evil forest. So you find in other societies like in Southern Africa, there is a Mari, Molimo, supreme being who speaks in shrines or who has a voice that is actually heard in sacred places. So this voice teaches uh, the people in Southern Africa, the Ndebele, the Shona and other Ngun speaking people that, uh, you know, they do not make their area sacred. But, uh, you know, it is the voice, it is the Mondoro, the Gombwe, yeah, the owners of the land that make the areas they inhabit so sacred. So this then takes me to the ninth point, which is the connection to ancestral homelands. So you find that African spirituality often has a strong connection to ancestral homelands and the land on which one's ancestors lived. You will find that uh, the people like the Gumbo people uh, or those uh, who have the totem of the leg, you know, would stay in places like Gutu, but again have their you know, uh, ancestral places in places like Musana in, in North Ferrari being there, places where they also like respect. You will find the Moyochiwara, uh, you know, respecting Sikavan and their journey, connecting them uh, to the Dumare, Deure, Dumare, Deofuru, Wichikwanda and Makore and also the other, you know, journeys to like, um, uh, you know, Maroja, you go there, um, Neganda, you go Natural Way, you go, uh, you know, Mkanganwi, you go to Mazungunya. All these journeys are like, you know, pilgrims back to what the ancestral, uh, you know, lineage and heritage is like. Some would again, you know, speak of a common uh, ancestor for. Uh, people in Zimbabwe, uh, you know, under the uh, description of Juan Tovera uh, in uh, Guru Square in Tanzania, or you hear some people talking of, you know, the Gumbi, um, 
uh, which is actually the Gumbi theory where people believe that people came from uh, the Gumbi or Mkwananzi in Tanzania. This Gumbi are common synonyms uh, to the Zulu people, to the Shona people in Manika land or the so-called Manika people and also the Gumbi people are also found in Tanzania and I think under the Mkwananzi. So this again takes me to the final point of discussion in this uh, uh, episode on the concept of time. So you find that African spirituality is a cyclical, a cyclical concept of time with the past, present and future all connected in a continuous cycle. People continue to rewrite and say a lot of things. For instance, you hear that uh, uh, one person will say all people were at one time uh, respecting or venerating the Elend or Shava totem. They then committed incest uh, to strengthen their chieftains at Great Zimbabwe and then uh, created a moral concept where people now venerated the heart and this heart could be the Duma, then later followed by the Rose when the Great Zimbabwe and Mtapa Empire fell, uh, then the Rose took over when they drove, uh, you know, the Portuguese as far as Sofala and the Indian Ocean, and then uh, when, uh, you know, the uh, Nguni-speaking people fled from the Tifekane, Lifekane, Mfekane, uh, under Shaka the Zulu, uh, king, you know, they came and, you know, ended some of the myths, like it was believed that uh, the Roji king had two hearts, and then when he was skinned alive by Nyamazana, a female warrior of the Shangani groupings, it was found that he just had one heart. So uh, a lot of things were then changed, and this created some caste systems um, of governance where the Nguni-speaking people, uh, and actually the Ndebele, Msilikaz, and Lobengula, um, became the um, Abezanzi, or the upper class, followed by the Ensha, which was the Nguni graftings uh, as they were moving down side. And uh, uh, you, you also see that um, the Shona people, and other, you know, indigenous people, the Seni and the, and the Venda people were regarded across the Lembe River, now Limbopo, uh, to the Sambambezi River, now Zambezi, as um, the Holy or Ava Holy. Uh, you know, this also is sometimes believed to have actually influenced the manner in which, uh, you know, African spirituality uh, is now being told from Victor's um, uh, perspectives or uh, vulnerable perspective. And, uh, you know, as long as the lion sometimes does not tell its story, it is said that, um, you know, uh, the forest will always glorify the hunter. And uh, you see that we will then uh, continue to venerate African spirituality. And uh, the gatekeepers always warn that, um, you know, when a child is sitting uh, in, in, a, in, a, in an oracle tree or in a, in a, in a wooing tree, they do not know or see what uh, the elder is seeing. The elder sees 
why the Oroko tree was able to grow at times in a place where they had used an axe to cut down the stem of another tree that was not growing fast. Uh, sometimes this then, you know, helps us to appreciate, you know, the rich history of uh, African spirituality. And in this way, we need to continue to tap from the rich, um, you know, jurisprudential and philosophical veins of the gatekeepers in African spirituality to explain to us ways of life so that we could actually separate the things that need to be improved, the things we call uh, or backward um, practices. Uh, you know, and then compare them with, you know, the things that take us uh, towards the greater civilization, not forgetting that Africa is always considered the cradle, uh, the cradle of mankind. Uh, you know, before the great migration theory of people from Africa to India to um, Europe and even the de facto, uh, you know, opinion theory where people, as far as they were moving uh, from Africa, the heart of Africa towards uh, uh, Europe, you know, a skin changes, you know, that uh, mutation, uh, gene mutation and stuff, we can explain them uh, at some uh, stage. But you find that um, there are a lot of things that also affected the manner in which African spirituality has been taught. You see that uh, some argue whether missionaries brought God or, or, or brought other ways of life that actually led to the denigration of the supreme being and the concept of God where God would speak to his uh, son like in Matonjen or in Mabuyadziwa or the Ndarikure areas and other areas.